there. Welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash podcast. Well, hey there, it's Liz Rohr from Real World NP, and you're watching NP Practice Made Simple, the weekly videos to help save you time, frustration, and help you learn more faster so you can take better care of your patients. So today I wanna to talk to you about the, the right way and the wrong way to ask questions as a new grad. I'm gonna tell you about some of the mistakes that I made and then three steps to make it really easy for you to avoid the mistakes that I made. So I had an amazing, grad experience in my NP program. And I, I worked with a clinician who unfortunately, because of both her personal style and the clientele that she worked with, I did a lot of shadowing instead of seeing patients on my own. I learned a ton just by absorbing passively, but I didn't really have that skill down of seeing patients on my own. When I graduated, I pretty much adopted one of my colleagues as my adopted preceptor. And that's not necessarily what she had signed up for because she was my colleague, she wasn't my supervisor, she wasn't my preceptor, I wasn't a student. So what I would do is I would go into a room, I'd see a patient, I'd just blurt out whatever was happening, just like in the middle of the story without any context, and I'd just be like, what should I do? <laughs> Thank you so much, Christina, for your patience with me. That's an example of like the wrong way to ask questions. So our colleagues are there to help us and they've been there too. And so it's okay to ask questions, but there's definitely a better way to ask so that you get the answers that you're looking for. And also you build and maintain your colleague relationships. So that's kind of a lot to ask of one of your colleagues to just do what I did. So step one, um, the first thing is really presenting a case. And I, when I was in school, I found this to be a little bit old school. Maybe it's not, maybe I'm just stubborn, but in terms of those, those classic case presentations of like, I have a 33 year old woman with abdominal pain and blah, 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 blah. You know, I was very lackadaisical about it and I don't think that that helped me. So I don't think you necessarily have to be very rigid, but if you can work on presenting a case in an organized way, so that you give all of the relevant pertinent information to the person you're asking the question of, that's really, really helpful. So, you know, for example, I've got a 33 year old woman with new onset abdominal pain, right upper quadrant, started last night, it was 10 out of 10. Now it's about eight out of 10. Um, she has no nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, dysuria, hematuria, vaginal discharge, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, no past medical history, no past surgical history, anything kind of relevant, no family, pertinent family history. And so if you start with step one by presenting your case, when you go to step two, um, the next step, instead of saying like, what should I do? You just have to do as much of the legwork as you can. And so luckily for me, when I first started, and this kind of ties into my first video, uh, which I can link to in the, in the comments below, is that you need to have the time, enough time in your schedule to be able to do all of that learning and all that legwork so that you 
know what you're doing and you're not kind of relying on your colleagues to give you all the answers. You know, stabbing at the differentials, the possible treatment options, and taking it from there. So for this particular patient, she took Tylenol a couple of times, maybe 500 milligrams, and didn't really help her. Uh, it seems to be slightly improving, but it seems like it's also radiating down to her left lower quadrant. And I think that uh, I'm really worried that it's, you know, something, uh, she has no fever. You can tell that I'm still a little bit lackadaisical about my presentations and I have to write them down, but I didn't, le I left out that she had no fever or chills. Uh, but, uh, you know, she there, you know, your right upper quadrant has your spleen, your left lower quadrant has your intestines. And I'm thinking about, um, you know, your ovaries are there. Like, is this some, some, something ovarian? It doesn't really seem like it's intestinal. Spleen is a pretty rare differential. So kind of starting with there with the discussion. Step number three, is to ask as specific a question as possible. So what I would used to do, even if I got the first two steps right, I'd still be like, oh, well, do you agree with that? And I got feedback from somebody that kind of said to me, and, and I agree with this, that the practice of medicine is, is an art, even though we have guidelines and we have recommendations, and usually getting from A to B, you'll get there, but people will do it a little bit differently stylistically. So I kind of changed my phrasing to either, what do you think about that, or um, what other, tests would you order or you know something a little bit more specific so those are the three steps uh number one presenting your case a little bit more <laughs> concisely than i am i write mine down and so when i write it down and i'm reading it off it's more concise so i do i, I do take my own advice number two is doing as much of the legwork as possible coming up with differentials and a stab at a plan hopefully the full plan if you can if you have that full hour to, to look at your patient's chart um, and, and your resources. And then number three is just asking those specific questions so they can guide you the best that they can. So I'd love to hear from you. Are there any strategies that you use to kind of build those relationships, ask the questions to get the right answers? Leave me a comment below. It helps me and it helps um, our other colleagues um, learn and do better. So did you like this video? If so, please like it and hit subscribe and share it with your NP friends so that together we can reach as many NPs as possible to help make this first year transition easier. Um, and don't forget to go to realworldnp.com and sign up for the email list. You'll get these emails, you'll get these videos by email every week, uh, including uh, a note from me and some bonus content that I just don't share anywhere else. So, um, so that's it for today. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, hang in there and I'll see you next time. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the Ultimate Resource Guide for the New NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.